Junior Jewels. I'm Carly. And I'm Jess. And we are the hosts of Typical Tuesday Night, a, a Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift podcast. podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Typical Tuesday Night. I'm Carly. And I'm Jess. And if you are joining us for the first time, we are super happy you're here. We are midway through our reputation series. So basically, we've just been teaching you guys everything you need to know about reputation from all the Kanye drama, those are really fun to learn about, to like the details of the reputation era and just like everything else that kind of goes along with that. We just like really want you guys to be in the know on everything before she releases Reputation Taylor's version. Like it's got to be coming. <laughs> well, and there's so much to it that's like we can't yeah. wait till it comes out. You know, no. we want to yeah. be ahead Prep of the you game. now. Yes. <laughs> yes. So our whole podcast is about helping you understand all the facts about Taylor Swift. So whether you're an OG Swifty and you want some cool new facts that you have to deep dive for, or you're a newer Swifty who needs to know all the things you may have missed over the years, we've got you covered. Yeah. Like we basically spend hours of our day doing the deep dives. So you can just come here and listen to us once a week and know everything you need to know without having to do all of the research. Yes. I wish. Like, if this was a major in college, oh, like, that'd be so cool. I would have absolutely, like, because that's yeah. what I feel like sometimes. I feel like I'm like re- doing like a research project, but it's oh, yeah. like the best research project I've ever done. Oh, <laughs> so true. So, if you've been around for a while, thank you so much for sticking around. And we'd love to have you share the podcast with a friend if you're loving it. Yeah, we really appreciate like all the support. And I think today's episode, it's going to be really great for any type of Swifty. Like if you have been around for a long time, we have some cool facts for you. If you haven't, we're going to share everything you need to know. So today we're talking all about the Reputation album. And Taylor actually said about this album, she said, this has definitely been my most cathartic album. After I finished it, it was like, okay, now I can write regular songs again. Which I thought was kind of interesting because it is is kind of like a unique perspective, like a unique album for her. Yeah. Especially when you look at what comes like right before it and even what comes right after it. Like, yes. Bookend with 1989 and Lover. You're like, what in the (laughs) world? She just really, it was her healing process. She needed to just get it out of her system. Yep. And then she was good. Yeah. (laughs) So the Reputation album, which is like the title of it on the album, it's stylized in all lowercase. It was Taylor's sixth album and it was released on November 10th, 2017. This was after she disappeared for almost a year, which we did a whole episode on. So make sure to check that out if you haven't listened to it. And Taylor wrote this album almost as a response to the media scrutiny she'd experienced after her previous album, 1989 propelled her to worldwide fans so So, yeah like she was huge yeah like insanely huge so Mm -hmm. when the album was released that day it sold seven hundred thousand units just in that one day that's wild to me that is so many um and the album actually became streams that's like selling sold yeah albums (laughs) like That is wild to me. Um, But it should be wild to everybody because the album actually became the fastest album in history to reach the number one spot 
on US iTunes, it only took her six minutes to hit that number one spot. Oh my gosh. That's that is wild. so crazy. That is. Yeah. It like blows I mean, my mind to like really think about it. I do, which we talked about the marketing a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it in the last episode, but like, I mean, I think part of that is like everyone was just like, what in the world is this all about? <laughs> it it seemed like stuff. so mysterious, yeah. you know? Oh, absolutely. And like so different. It's like, I have got to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and we'll, I have us talking about this later, but she didn't put it on streaming yet. So the only mm-hmm. way you could find out what it was all about was to buy it. So I think that made a difference, but like mm-hmm. people still could have waited. Like she didn't hold it oh, off yeah. that long. Yeah. But they needed to know. So four days after um, it was released, it was certified platinum. So meaning that it sold a million units and it became the second best selling album of 2017 uh, after Ed Sheeran's Divide. So I thought that was kind of cool. It was like Ed was number one, Taylor's number two. I mean, I wish it was the other way around, but yeah, just cool that like they're such good friends. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, and this actually made Taylor the only person to debut four albums that are all certified platinum. And it also sold more than the combined sales of the other 199 albums on the Billboard 200 chart for that week. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you combined 199 other albums on the top Billboard chart and hers beat that. Wow. Like, It's like reading these stats when I was finding them, I was blown away. Um, And then it's also cool because it actually reached number one in 100 countries. So So epic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Taylor actually was the executive producer for the entire album, which means she controlled the narrative and made all the executive decisions. And she also co-produced all six songs that she did with jack antonoff previously she had shared executive producer credits with max martin on her previous album so i didn't realize that this album like was different in that way yeah executive producer like good for you yeah yeah like so cool and then it won the american music award for favorite pop album and the billboard music award for top selling album she was nominated for a grammy but she didn't win so Bummer. um so let's talk about the album we talked about about this a little bit last episode but the album has the, like the album cover is a black and white photo of her with her like grunge look. Her hair is kind of slicked back. You could see like a bold lipstick, even though it's still that black and white. And then the words Taylor Swift appear over and over on the right side, covering some of her face to kind of make it look like a newspaper overlay. And this is also the first album that she did not do a secret message for, which made me really, really sad. I remember like opening up and trying to be like, wait, Wait, where's my secret messages? Where's my secret messages? It's so sad. Uh, And it makes you wonder, like, because obviously those were, like, a special thing that she did really intentionally. And it makes you wonder what the, like, thought process was to, like, stop doing that. Yeah. It makes me wonder, though, if it was a way to be, like, the old Taylor is dead. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do things the way that I used to. For sure. I'm going to do things other ways. Because she does do, like, a huge prologue. Mm-hmm. She adds like extra things 
to this album to almost kind of make up for not doing the secret messages. Okay. And so that's kind of like what secret I messages, like in quotes, it's like, maybe she's just trying to be like more upfront. Like she's just putting yeah. it all out there in the prologue. Yeah. Like this is, this is what sure. we're working with. You know? Yeah. And honestly, that kind of fits for the reputation vibe. Like yeah. I'm not going to hide anything anymore. Like this is what I'm thinking. Nothing needs yeah. to be a secret. So yes. yeah, I like that. So this was when she first introduced ticket boosts for her tour. So if you bought the album, you received a code and you could add that code to your Ticketmaster account to make you a verified fan and give you a boost when you were buying tickets to the tour. And I'm not going to lie, when she first started doing that, I was like, this is weird. But like my mom killed it and she watched oh. music videos like all day while she worked. That is amazing. <laughs> to just get as much boost as possible. That is awesome. And props to your mom. But now I'm like, dang, I wish they still did that because yeah. that would help a lot. Oh, to yeah. Get, you know, just like oh, yeah. the really true fans, the tickets. I don't yeah. know. Oh, because I remember being like, oh, yes. Okay, here's my code. Like, add it into my account. Mm -hmm. And then I always bought, like, the physical CD and, like, bought it mm -hmm. on iTunes. So I was like, yes, I got two codes or whatever. <laughs> so anyway. Um, this was also a time when she didn't do, like, a Target bonus track. But you could get, like, the CD and magazine option from Target. And there are two different magazine options that you could purchase she also wrote two poems for the album they're titled uh the first one is if you're anything like me and the second one was why she disappeared so that also kind of makes me feel like what you were saying mm -hmm. she's just like putting it out here like it doesn't need to be a secret yeah. anymore but like these to me make it seem like here's my secret messages yeah they're just and not i we're not reading either of those poems in this yeah not episode yeah. but we will link them because i think it's cool and it's important to read those yeah i think they really give a lot of insight so um so reputation had seven singles including look what you made me do ready for it Endgame, new year's day gorgeous delicate and getaway car that seems like a ton. That's what I was thinking when I was like, which singles were there? Oh my gosh, there's a ton. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, oh, and I mentioned this earlier, Taylor also decided to wait and not put reputation on streaming platforms until December 1st. So, so it was just like a few weeks. People didn't have to wait a long time, but yeah, they still had to wait. So kind of interesting. A few weeks in this day and age oh. is a lifetime. So, so I mean, I didn't wait. <laughs> there was no way I was going to wait for that. Oh, yeah. So <sighs> funny. So if you listen to our 1989 album overview, you know that now we dive into the actual content of the album. Since she didn't do secret messages in this album, she did do a really long prologue to showcase what she faced when writing the album. It's a little long, but we feel like it really does showcase the album, and we couldn't do an episode about the Reputation album without reading and discussing this. Yeah, so we're going to read it and kind of discuss it as we go, um, but it is a little bit long, but I promise I think, it, I think it's worth it. So I'm going to yeah. start. She says, here's something I've learned about people. We think we know someone, but the truth is that we only know the version of them they have chosen to show us. We know our friend in a certain light, but we don't know them the way their lover does. Just the way their lover will never know them the same way that you do as their friend. 
Their mother knows them differently than their roommate, who knows them differently than their colleague. Their secret admirer their secret admirer looks at them and sees an elaborate sunset of brilliant color and dimension and spirit and pricelessness. And yet a stranger will pass that person and see a faceless member of the crowd, nothing more. We may hear rumors about a person and believe those things to be true. We may one day meet that person and feel foolish for believing basic, baseless gossip. This is the first generation that will be able to look back on their entire life story documented in pictures on the internet, and together we will all discover the after effects of that. Ultimately, we post photos online to curate what strangers think of us, but then we wake up, look in the mirror at our faces, and see the cracks and scars and blemishes and cringe. We hope someday we'll meet someone who will see that same morning face and instead of instead see their future, their partner, their forever. Someone who will still choose us even when they see all of the sides of the story, all the angles of this kaleidoscope that is you. I think that goosebumps, right? Literally. No, like absolutely. Chills. And I almost think like social media was really big in 2017. And I also feel like 2017 was almost the era of social media, like 2017, 2018, where it was picture perfect stuff. Like mm-hmm. you didn't see a lot of yeah. like real, it's like you see more real more stuff now. now. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I feel like overall, this still just hits so hard today. It does. And she just words it so well. Mm-hmm. Of like, we put ourselves out there to really, sh- it's to strangers. Yeah. And like, we're just trying to make, stranger and when you think about it that way you're like that's true like why do i care so much Mm -hmm. but then she goes and then we wake up and we see all the problems with ourselves and we hope to meet someday somebody that will be able to still choose us even when they see all of the sides of us just the way she words it i was like oh my gosh i know that was so awesome okay so we'll keep going there's more yeah The point being, despite our need to simplify and generalize absolutely everyone and everything in this life, humans are intrinsically impossible to simplify. We are never just good or just bad. We are mosaics of our worst selves and our best selves, our deepest secrets and our favorite stories to tell at a dinner party. Existing somewhere between our well-lit profile photo and our driver's license shot. We are all a mixture of our selfishness and generosity, loyalty and self-preservation pragmatism and impulsiveness i've been in the public eye since i was 15 years old on the beautiful lovely side of that i've been so lucky to make music for a living and look out into the crowds of loving vibrant people on the other side of that of the coin my mistakes have been used against me my heartbreaks have been used as entertainment and my songwriting has been trivialized as oversharing Yep. She always hits it right on the head. Absolutely. And I also love this next part, the way she describes this first sentence. She says, when this album comes out, gossip blogs will scour the lyrics for the men they can attribute to each song as if the inspiration for music is as simple and basic as a paternity test. (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh. Like who even, that is so perfectly said. Yeah. Who Taylor. Taylor is the only one that could say things in that great of a way. Yeah. She continues, there will be slideshows of photos backing up each incorrect theory because it's 2017. And if you didn't see a picture of it, it couldn't have happened, right? 
Let me say it again, louder for those in the back. We think we know someone, but the truth is that we only know the version of them that they have chosen to show us. There will be no further explanation. There will just be reputation. Mic drop. Like, she's so good at these. I know. And honestly, like, I'm sure I read that back then. Yeah. But I have not read that in a very long time. Same. And especially after doing all of this, like, you know, the history on, like, what led to the Reputation album. Yeah. I appreciate all of this that she wrote so much because she could have focus on a totally different side of this like oh yeah the drama and you know and not to say she didn't somewhat bring that up but it was more in like a life lesson for everyone kind of way and i just think she did such a good job yeah i love that so much well and i think that's what you said is she makes it she makes her fans and everybody feel like they can relate to her and that she knows what we're all going through because she's also gone through stuff. I mean, that prologue, she took everything that she was thinking and made it so relatable to everybody. Like, not all of us have been big news media having mm-hmm. people, like, hate on us or been in some major drama with Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I can't relate to that. But yeah, I absolutely can relate to the fact that like I'm in the same generation as Taylor Swift. I'm going to look back and realize like the after effects of posting myself all over social media. Mm-hmm. And I have felt that way where it's like I'm going to curate perfect photos, but then I look at myself after I'm like, oh, well, good thing I didn't mm-hmm. look like this in that photo, you know, and mm-hmm. I think she does such a incredible job of just being relatable to everybody. And that's why I think people love not only the way she writes stuff like this, but her music. Mm -hmm. It's never about her necessarily. It's taking her moments and what she's learned and relating it to everybody. Yeah, for sure. So on that note, yeah, (laughs) we're going to go, we're going to jump into the music. So we're going to go over each song in the reputation album. We'll share some cool facts and our overall thoughts. We are going we aren't going to deep dive into each one because that would take a long time for this episode, but we want to give you the basic facts you need to know about each song. Um and follow along though because these songs will be talked about more in depth in future episodes. So this is just kind of like like an overview. Yeah. So Okay, so first song is dot dot dot. Ready for it. So She has said that this album is a story from beginning to end, and it's kind of how she was feeling throughout her entire experience. And so I think it's kind of cool that Ready For It is like the first one where she's like, okay, like, are you guys ready for this song? (laughs) And I feel like she puts the most perfect songs to start an album. Like, that's been one of my favorite things about, Mm -hmm. I feel like her track ones are always so perfectly chosen yeah they're and this so is another she's, one. she's so intentional about intentional about it and it's always just exactly the right one yeah i thought it was also cool she has said she didn't think that this song was fully understood until the tour 
Hmm. I was like, oh, I can kind of see that. Yeah. That I think a lot of people were just shocked by everything with yeah. this album and these releases <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So. Well, I and that's also- the other thing. Oh, I was just going to say the other interesting thing is that typically the first song of the album is the first song that she, like the opener for the tour. Mm, yeah. So like 1989 was Welcome to New York. Reputation was ready for it. Um, and so I wonder if she is also thinking about like the mm. opening of the tour. It's like yeah. the opening of the album and the opening of the tour the and tour. like what's going to, you know be the yeah, right like, work yeah build up i had thought of that oh i'm sure she does because she just thinks about everything yeah i also <laughs> actually that cough was probably perfect cue because <laughs> i was literally just about to say i also love that she adds like a little cough i didn't notice it at like when i first listened but listen right before she starts singing and it's almost like a little clearing my throat here i mm-hmm. go and i just love that she adds little things like that. She doesn't need yeah, to. But the, for sure. It's just like the next step. And I love it. Well, and I kind of wonder if she did that because I, I, I mean, obviously I had noticed that she had rapped in this song. Oh. <laughs> but like, I've been listening to it, you know, yeah. all week prepping to record this episode. And listening to it with all the previous things we've talked about in mind so interesting to me that she starts this album out the first thing she does is the rapping part which i think is obviously intentional and i think like uh, pointing to kanye in a way um Mm, i hadn't thought of that yeah yeah like because she hasn't done that in oh, fact, no. like she's never done that before on her songs like it's it seems out of left field yeah. but i just i, I feel mean, like that's a Kanye connection say, thug story yeah. though well yeah <laughs> i'm just kidding if never forgotten it, <laughs> i forget i i i block it Oh, Got it either, but I was just like, oh. "That's so true." <laughs> OG Swifties will know if you don't know what you're talking about. Just look up Thug Story. You Taylor it. Swift. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a, and I don't know like what that means. Like, see, I can do yeah. this too, or like a, I don't, or like a, just I don't know what it means, but I feel like it's intentional that it's literally the first the thing first. right out the gate and i hadn't made and I that just thought that's interesting yeah. yeah that's really cool i like it yeah because she does a great job oh she really does it's like oh, i'm like sitting here singing it, it in my head while we talk about it <laughs> it's catchy it's oh catchy. man so funny okay so the next song is endgame and it features ed sheeran and future and this song is so i feel like this album specifically has a lot of firsts yeah and we're gonna talk about those as we go (laughs) we just talked about her first rap in an album yeah minus in an album there you go in an album (laughs) first rapping in an album 
now in Endgame, we are she talks about drinking a lot on this album and this song is the first song that she does reference it she actually has nine songs that reference drinking or bars and five out of those mention like a specific drink which is interesting to me i think it's just another piece like i do feel like reputation is a continue like i feel like 1989 was like start of like growing up taylor (laughs) and this is like a continuation of growing up taylor but like taking it like five steps forward and so now we're getting you know yeah moved past the like early 20s and she's like in her mid-20s and like wait i'm an adult like i can i can do these adult things like i i am an adult i'm a woman yeah yeah and and so I think it's just like an added layer of her storytelling, you know, especially naming yeah. specific drinks. Yeah. So anyways, and then also. I almost feel, I was just thinking this. I hadn't thought about this until right now. Her, I almost feel like reputation was needed for her to move past such a quote unquote good girl mentality oh yeah and not that like good girls like can't drink or can't you know Mm -hmm. have sex like it's fine (laughs) but like she had this persona that i think she felt like she had to keep and reputation was a a way for her to like a youthfulness a naivety yeah Yeah, uh, exactly more like a a little innocence yeah and like now it's like no i'm grown up and Mm -hmm. i think she was able i don't know if this if reputation quote unquote and like that time in her life had really happened if she how long it would have taken her before she added these things into her music mm-hmm. yeah for sure she just she almost she just broke feels a lot like it of was her allowed. own boundaries yeah yeah and i love album. it yeah mm-hmm. and so another thing with this song is I feel like this album, it's a little less like obvious, like what songs are about who or about what. Um, But this one specifically, I mean, it does seem like it's kind of about a relationship. And I'm super torn, though, on if it's potentially about Joe Alwyn or Tom Hiddleston. Um, I know a lot of people think it's about Joe. I mean, obviously, the song is about like dating through the long haul and like you know i want to be your end game i don't want this to be like some short-term thing um but also there are like in the music video for end game there are like joe alwyn easter eggs so like she's wearing a a necklace with a j on it Mm. and there's like small things like that. So also in the music video, it's set in London. And so like people think that, but I, th- I don't know in the lyrics. I feel like there's she, a lot of Tom in the lyrics yeah, too though. Cause she talks about like the 4th of July, which mm-hmm. I feel like one of Tom and Taylor's most iconic moments is from the 4th of July yeah. when he wore the like, I heart TS shirt at her 4th of July party. Yeah. Um, and then also it talks about like, it says like, uh, what are the lyrics? Drinking on the beach with you all for me. Oh, yeah. And like, that's another iconic thing 
is that when people first knew they were together? Like there were photos yeah, they were of like, them like yeah, making, out, making on the beach? out on the beach. Yeah. So, so but yeah. also like they were such a short fling. And so yeah. it's just kind of interesting. But well, and it almost makes me wonder if because she has talked about how like this album, it almost like tells her story from beginning to end. Which, mm-hmm. if that's the case, it almost makes me feel like Endgame might be about Tom because it's probably like further back oh, in the past. Yeah, but I could see her either going back and adding things about Joe, or mm-hmm. maybe she initially wrote it about Tom, but then she he was wasn't with Endgame. Joe. Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> so- Endgame. So when she did the music video, yeah, she just threw in Joe Easter eggs because she can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I right? could totally this is all see speculation, that. Yeah. but oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, we're we all know facts, 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 facts. Oh, she I actually wish. told me. Yeah, so, so I was like texting her, and I was just like, "So, who's Endgame about, Tay?" <laughs> I would die if Tay. I could do that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I probably have a better chance of like asking Travis than I do Taylor Swift. Probably, but... yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would take that too. Could you imagine? <laughs> Hey, uh, Travis, do you know who Endgame's actually about? <laughs> I it know it's like your you. guys' anthem right now, but... Yeah. <laughs> who was He's that like, what are you talking about? about? It's about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find this cool, too. So if you go to listen to Ed Sheeran's verse on this song, it was actually written about him and his now wife. So it talks about how, like, there's a girl I used to know, and he actually knew his wife previously through school. And then he reconnected with her later. And it was, like, right before Taylor's 4th of July party. So he actually asked Taylor, like, hey, can I bring this girl to your party? And Taylor was like, oh, absolutely. And so that's why in, like, his verse, he says Mm -hmm. something was born on the 4th of July. Oh, I I know. It's just so cool. He has, like, a little interview. So I'll probably make a reel of it and post it so you guys can see that too but i was just like that's so cute it's like its own little love story like ed's own love story in the middle of this taylor swift song so i thought that was cute yes that is so cute okay let's go on to song track three i did something bad and this is her first real expletive in a song she says if a man talks shit Shit. then i owe him nothing (laughs) (laughs) thanks jess (laughs) but it's like there you go again like we are t- talks about drinking a bunch yeah. she's like using Her first time swearing like, yeah expletive i mean honestly epic line like, oh yeah great use of your first expletive and and that line on tour oh epic (laughs) so so good like if you haven't if you didn't go the tour or you didn't watch the tour movie like she has her and all her backup dancers standing up there and they like say it slash sing it like acapella and like right at the end of that line it just goes it's like silence for like an extended period of time before they like continue into the song and it is so good it is it's amazing oh oh, man honestly there's like another song later we'll talk about too that i was like this song is amazing on the eras tour like that's all i can think about now and i yeah anyway i thought this was kind of cool 
So for the lyrics, Taylor actually took inspiration from the season seven finale episode, The Dragon and the Wolf of the Game of Thrones series. And it's where sisters, I have never seen Game of Thrones. So I'm going to try and explain this. And all of you people that are big fans are going to be like, what are you talking about? Uh, so <laughs> Sansa and Arya start and together they plot a scheme to murder Littlefinger somebody for his treachery and so media publications then interpreted I did something bad as Taylor's answer to like media scrutiny and she kind of had like used that song to like describe it Um, but in the song Taylor portrays herself as like the self-confident character who is unapologetic for like her success or like defying anybody that like stands in her way. And I'm assuming that that relates to this game of Thrones, Thrones. but I don't know. (laughs) I just was like Googling stuff about it. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I love that. And didn't you say that she had also mentioned that um, when writing parts of reputation, she was kind of doing what she did, like with blank space where it's like, kind of sarcastically playing into what people say about her. Yeah. And I totally feel like this song fits into that category. And I also feel like that fits into our next song too, which is don't blame me. That one I feel like kind of. Yeah. It like goes along. I, well, I heard that like the first half of this album was kind of written like blank space. It was Mm -hmm. like, this is what all of you guys have portrayed me to be like. And then the second half is like, but this is who I really am. For sure. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, it totally fits (sighs) with number four. Don't Blame Me is so epic. And for sure, this song got so much more appreciated after the Reputation Tour, um, as well as obviously the Eras Tour. It was so epic on the Eras Tour. Um, and it's kind of like a take me to church Taylor kind of a song. And she actually, when she was making the song, she had told Max Martin and Shellback that she wanted it to sound like religious. Yeah, religious. And so, which well, and they totally did such a good job. Why? Like, I mean, it is such a take me to church moment. And that's mm-hmm. why, I don't know, if you guys have been on tour, people will yell that, like, during the yeah. song. They'll be like, take me to church, Taylor! Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> I love it. I know, it's uh, so good. And that high note. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it? Wow. I, I, it is a religious experience. It, I, it is. Yep. Preach. Preach. It, it. is. It's, it's so epic. I love it. So good. So let's talk about track five. So track fives, we all know, are a big deal. Special. And I'm glad that she still kind of kept this going, even though I don't feel like Delicate fits as well in the first, like, half of this album. Like, it seems Mm -hmm. like such a later Reputation album song. For sure. But I'm glad that she was like, nope. Track fives are special. Like I know. I got it. Hit this emotional song right here. Like the song, the songs that it's sandwiched between. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, wait a second, what? (laughs) So she actually has said that this is her first song of real vulnerability on the album. 
And that the preceding four tracks are kind of about Taylor's like flippant disinterest in her perceived reputation. And that's kind of like a recurring theme throughout the album. But like this song was her being extremely vulnerable. So that was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And kind of telling Um, her own. Yeah. Like story and how how she's feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She has a music video for this song and that premiered at the 2018 iHeart Music Awards on March 11th. I thought that was cool. And I totally feel like I'm just going to say this has to be about Joe. I think it is. Because what what are the lyrics? Um, my reputation's never been worse, but he must like he me must, for me. It's so Which, cute. with the timing of their relationship, yeah. you know, that, like, totally fits. And I just think it's so cute. Like, it's true. I mean, when you feel like the world's against you and also yeah. where she likely had people that were close to her start to question her. Yeah. She's like, how am I supposed to, like be in a relationship with someone like who's gonna oh, want to yeah. be with me who's like being yeah. s- like basically slandered all over the internet <laughs> you know yeah so that's really cool i know i'm really glad i think i know joe gets a lot of hate right now and i think yeah. i've said this before but i really think that that was exactly the type of person she needed while all of this was happening absolutely and like you could tell that they really cared about each other Mm-hmm. especially at the beginning and like these yeah. moments mm-hmm. well and honestly if you think about like some of her past boyfriends like think of like <laughs> like calvin harris or john mayer or <laughs> basically yeah. any of them if they would have been dating her when all that would have gone down oh. they would have been like this is a pr yeah. risk yep. i'm out absolutely you know what i mean yep and so for him to, like, be willing to get into a relationship at, like, the head of yeah. all of this, I think, says a lot. And I like agree. she said, like, he must like me for me because everything else that's out there right now is, like, not liking me, you know? Yeah. So oh, absolutely. So our next song is track six, which is Look What You Made Me Do, which is so iconic. And the music video for the song broke the record for the biggest first week U- first week U.S. streams by a female artist in history at 84.4 million, which is That's wild. Insane. But I'm not surprised because we talked oh. about this music video on our last episode about the disappearance of Taylor Swift. She like she debuted this at um, the VMAs. And, like, this was, like, part of the marketing towards releasing Reputation. And so I think everybody was just like, oh, my gosh, what is this all about, you know? Well, and look what you made me do being the single was Mm -hmm. just wild. Wild. And, like, we talked about it last week. But I feel like it did really, like, reset all of us as Swifties for what was coming. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I was, like, as I was going through... And, like, listening this week as well to the whole album, I'm like, I feel like there's such, I don't want to say better songs that she could have released for, like, a first single. Oh, a first single, yeah. But, like, I, like, think, like, everybody loves Getaway Car. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that, like, has more similar vibes to, like, what she would have done on, like, 1989. 
Mm-hmm. But if she would have released Getaway Car, we would have all been like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. We love Taylor. And then Go we would have listened to the album li- and been like, Whoa. yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. So it I set think the that, stage. Like, it absolutely. absolutely did. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have been prepared. Oh, no. This, this, like, still didn't even really prepare it, me, but it did prepare me. She slapped us in the face, and then yeah. we got brought back down to earth. <laughs> yes. Um, and we're actually, we're going to do an entire episode on the music video because it has an yeah. incredible amount of Easter eggs. And the last time we did, like, a music video Easter egg hunt, <laughs> it was super fun. So yeah. we'll definitely be doing that here soon. Okay, I'm pretty sure we'll probably talk mostly about that song in that music video episode. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we're going to move to track seven. So it goes, dot, 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 which I, okay, so when I was like doing some research on this album, and I had heard that there was like a theory out there that this album should have been broken into two parts. Like the first part with all like the more heavy songs and then the second half. Um, of her like telling her story but i did not realize the that dot, if you break it here yeah did you know that no not so, until i saw this yeah so if you look at track one it starts dot 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 ready for it and then track seven so it goes dot 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 so it's like, almost like a hit so the story goes yeah and like that is where those dots kind of break it up of like okay there's part one and then, like, here's part two. Yeah. So. I love it. So crazy. But, so, yeah, if you, and it's cool to go re-listen to the album now after thinking about it in two parts. Because it's, like, the first half, like we said, is kind of how she was seen by the media, what she thinks the media is portraying her as. And the second mm-hmm. half is her telling her story. So, but I also feel like it makes sense because she has said, like, how she, fe- like, this was how she felt during the album and of course she's gonna feel a lot more like media focused at the beginning and more i've let all of that go by the end of creating it so um i also thought it was interesting um so she gets pretty sexual here and it's like especially sexual for like anything we've seen from taylor so once again it's like oh yeah oh taylor okay awesome <laughs> no more fairy tale princesses yeah, nope, we are nope. getting down and dirty <laughs> so true uh, so so i want to know what you think and you i don't know if you'll have any ideas at all but i am super curious i have always wondered on the reputation tour so it goes was the only song from the entire album that she did not include in the set list it's the only one she That's never weird. played it. I didn't realize she, that. It, it does play like at the end of the tour when they're uh-huh. rolling like the credits, the credits and stuff. Same in the movie, it plays it then. But she didn't play it live, and I just thought that was so interesting that like that is it was only that one. You know, like she could have easily just thrown it in. Thrown it you in. Know, obviously, after watching the Eras tour, she well, could yeah. easily just thrown it. In. <laughs> but like, Absolutely. it's interesting that it was only one. And it was that one. It was like, how did you yeah. choose? I don't know. Maybe that one is, I mean, if you think about it, maybe it's kind of awkward to like sing on stage. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Like, I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. I didn't realize that. Yeah. She didn't. Yeah. She didn't play it. So, so interesting. Weird. 
Um, so track a such a fun one, gorgeous. And if you don't know, at the very beginning, there's like this cute little gorgeous and like a kid's voice (laughs) and it's actually blake lively and ryan reynolds two-year-old daughter james that is like the voice of that which i just think is adorable i know yes and at a listening session fans have said that taylor played this song on her guitar for blake and ryan at the beach and james kept repeating the title and so she asked to get james to record it that's so cute it's so so cute cute. i have had people say or i think i saw this thread on uh reddit recently actually and they Mm -hmm. were mentioning do you think taylor like who has the rights to james saying gorgeous when she was two years old are we gonna get that in taylor's Taylor's version? version yeah i hadn't even thought of that because if the old record like, like owns that, but a lot of people were saying they think Blake and Ryan are smart enough to be like, we will let you use that, but, but we are going ours. to own that. Oh so, my gosh! If they could reuse it, that yes, yes, that's oh just like gosh. something I hadn't thought that's of. So interesting. Until I saw that Reddit thread. Yeah. And we'll just have so to wait and see. We'll see. Oh, I'm so Hopefully excited. We find out soon. Oh. Hopefully. Okay. So let's move to track nine now, which is Getaway Car. And I found this really interesting. So the line X marks the spot where we fell apart is actually identical to a line in the Hillary Duff song from 2015, Breathe In, Breathe Out. And I actually really, I listened to this song recently. I actually really like it. So go Hillary Duff. I loved Hillary yeah, growing up. Like, I loved Hillary She was Duff. amazing. So yes. apparently at one point, Taylor Swift had tweeted about her praises of that song, but it has since been deleted after Taylor like wiped her social media. So mm. there's a lot of articles that like linked back to that tweet, but when I went to click on it, it was gone. gone. Yeah. So I couldn't find it. So take that with, you know. Who knows if they really said that, but there are multiple articles about that. And hmm. literally in that song, Hillary Duff says, it's like a pre-chorus. So she goes, X marks the spot where we fell apart. Like so three like you times think she song. got Hillary's permission or something to I don't say know, it? Or just like or... took it and was just like, oh, I like that line. Yeah. Hmm. I just thought that was interesting. interesting. I know. Yeah. Because I love uh, that line. I do too. I was like, wait, Hillary Duff came up with that? <laughs> <laughs> or somebody came up with that for Hillary Duff. Like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh, um, that's so funny. But I feel like this is kind of the point in the album where you really start to tell a difference in what her focus is on, what the song styles and like the vibe kind of starts to change. Mm-hmm. And I also think that comes because of Jack Antonoff, because the second half of the album is very heavily produced by Jack Antonoff. So mm-hmm. the last four songs on the album he helped with and then he also helped with this one and then look what you made me do okay. uh so besides look what you made me do i feel like all of his songs very similar vibe yeah so it's just kind of for sure getaway car is just it's such an epic one it really I love is. it so much and this one is I'm going to just say definitely yeah. about Tom Hiddleston. Yes. yes. And I was going to be um, like, when we do a deep dive on Tom, we'll talk about this song for sure. 
Yeah, yes. And yeah, we will do a deep dive on Tom. Um, yeah. But just for a very short, quick reference, she started, she, she basically left Calvin for Tom, kind of. And yeah. I think she knew that like it was coming to an end with Calvin. She saw Tom as like, oh, I can leave Calvin and then like be with yeah. Tom. Kind of like a quick rebound situation. And yeah. Anyways, I know when you but. like really listen to this song in terms mm-hmm. of that, and then yeah. even how fast she went from Tom to to Joe. Oh my gosh, Joe! Yeah, yeah. Like just the whole thing. Just mm-hmm. the whole song is such a great metaphor for all of that. It I really is. It. I love it. It's such a good song. Okay, so we've got track ten, which is "King of My Heart," which is. It's such a fun song. This is one that I love from the album for sure. Um, And Taylor actually did a few um, like quote unquote making of videos, kind of like behind the scenes of her like writing and all of that of the song. And so she she did making of videos for King of My Heart. I did something bad. Don't blame me. Delicate, gorgeous getaway car. This is why we can't have nice things and call it what you want. And, and you can find those on YouTube. Like you're just making of reputation videos and they yeah. all pop up. There is a really good chance if you see a lot of Taylor Swift content on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> that you have seen the making of video for I did something bad. <laughs> where she does the, I, I'm going to. Do this it, do it. Horrible, but the <laughs> part of that song. That was great. That's like that was great. such a, just such a iconic thing that Swifties yeah. just love that. So, um, so funny. So yeah, King of My Heart was part of that series too. And yeah. I mean, yeah, just great song. So I don't know that I have yeah. a lot else to say about it. I know, it, there's but. not like a ton. Um, and I know we always get like, I feel like we talk a lot about these and then we get to like the last five and I'm like, oh crap, we've been recording for a while, (laughs) but I think you guys are okay with that. Yeah. Um, okay. So track 11 dancing with our hands tied. I thought this was interesting. So again, take this for a grain of salt too, but according to a Reddit user who was at a secret session with Taylor Swift, she said, Taylor said, I wrote this song after I was paparazzied in Los Angeles after months of hiding with my boyfriend, Joe Alwyn, in the United Kingdom. The paparazzi had shouted things at me, including comments about my weight. I was overwhelmed by this and started thinking about how I could have a normal relationship with this kind of life. And then Taylor talks about how she went straight to the studio, cried, and started writing this song. So wow. I think it fits. That makes me look at that song so different. Yeah, but I'm also like, okay. This kind of fits. It totally does. So. And I feel like I have just always personally thought of this song as like um people who like are interested in each other but can't be together. Yeah. Um but I loved that that you just said. That's so cool. Yeah. I always love to know what like triggers Taylor to write a song. Mm-hmm. So for sure. Interesting. 
So good. Okay. And our next one is track 12, which is the song Dress. And at the secret session, apparently Taylor's parents were uncomfortable hearing this song, <laughs> which is funny because yeah. I feel like So It Goes would have been worse. Yeah, it's a lot. But like, maybe, I agree. maybe she didn't play it at the secret <laughs> session. <laughs> um, She's like, that one's too much. Can't play it at the secret <laughs> session. Can't play it on tour. <laughs> That's funny that it was uncomfortable i mean of course it is I, yeah i would i mean but it's like obviously she's an adult and old enough and yeah. to be doing those things but to like listen to your daughter in a small room sing about yeah like singing about it funny. well and it, it's just funny to me too because we all joked when like speak now vault tracks came out like mm-hmm. i can see you and mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, it's because Taylor's parents were like, whoa, Taylor. Up Andrea the wall was with like, me. no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> and now Taylor's like, now I'm an adult. You can't mm-hmm. tell me that I can't sing about taking off my dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. So some people were really trying to convince people. <laughs> this makes me cringe every time yeah. I, I read it. Like even um, think about it. Yeah. Some people were really trying to convince people that this song was about Ed Sheeran because it talks about like a best friend and the fact. And I feel like at this time, like it was a time of Taylor and Ed Sheeran's relation, like friendship that they were like very publicly like close friends. Like I'm sure they're still close friends, but like you don't see them out and about or like hanging out or posting about each other. But but back At this then, they time were, they yeah. were, and so um, like they were like, oh my god, you know, like how people talk about Selena and Taylor right now is kind of how they used to talk about Ed Sheeran and Taylor. Yeah. Um, and so the song also says "Shape of You," which is, which is an Ed Sheeran song reference, and it mentions a tattoo. But it was funny because. In an interview, Ed Sheeran said, it can't be about me because it talks about meeting him with a buzz cut. And I've never had a buzz cut. <laughs> so It's just crazy that this even got out enough for an interview mm-hmm. to, like, an interviewer to ask Ed about it. Oh, yeah. Like, they're like, yo, this is rumor dress went- about you? Yeah. He's like, have you ever seen me with a buzz cut? <laughs> yeah. Like- Look at my hair. I'm a, I'm the shaggy yeah, guy. I know. <laughs> That's funny. So in the song dress, there is a part, like there's some lyrics that I love and it's something that Taylor, I feel like does often in her songwriting that I just really, really love. She is so good at storytelling in like a very condensed way. Yeah. An example of that in the song dress is she says, she says like, my mistakes, my rebounds, my earthquakes. And those are like, to me, it's like mistake was Calvin Harris. Rebound was Tom Hiddleston Ooh. and earthquakes was Kanye and Kim. And then I it's love Joe. That. And yeah. isn't that so cool? That and is cool. I've never like made that connection. Yeah. I hadn't either until I was listening this, this yeah. week and I was just like paying really close attention. And I was like, yeah. I love that. Like, it just, it's That's so cool. descriptive yeah. in three words, three words. And it is, she's yeah. so good at stuff like that. She and really I'm is. Just obsessed. It blows me away. Yeah. Cause I feel like I'm too long winded. 
Yeah. She's over there telling us her entire, about her entire 2016 and in three three words. words. And I'm like, tell you about my last 20 minutes and two hours. Okay. Um, That's really cool though. I like that. So let's talk about track 13. This is actually my favorite song on the album. I have just always loved this song and it's, this is why we can't have nice things. It is about Kanye West. And um, I found this interesting while I was doing a little bit of research. Apparently, this song is kind of a hot topic because quite a few Swifties don't like it because they think Taylor's being really petty. And I was like, oh, interesting. She kind of is, but also like Kanye deserves it. And I feel like she's just calling (laughs) him out. Yeah, she's not. I wouldn't say it's petty. Like just because you're like, yeah, calling someone out doesn't make it petty. That's true. And it's like absolutely deserved and she's not being she's not being necessarily rude no yeah i feel like she just tells the story of what kind of happened yeah which really she can't tell like that but he can tell his how he told it yeah for real (laughs) okay (laughs) but he can have his song i don't know that's so interesting to me yeah i thought Um, that was interesting too I think it's such a fun song. I love it so much. I love it too. And I love, like, this to me, this part just reminds me of, like, old Taylor so much. And I think that, mm-hmm. like, when it came out, this is why I loved this song so much is because it felt a lot like old Taylor. Mm-hmm. But when she does, like, I can't even say it with a straight face and then, like, laughs. Yeah. I love that so mm-hmm. much. And it does. Like, it, it feels- just reminds me of old Taylor. It reminds me of, like, speak now when i first heard the story of us and she goes next chapter and i just remember being so obsessed with that yeah like and she does this like on tons of different songs but it just mm-hmm. oh, i love it so i much. feel like it feels very red yeah red air, red album yeah. like the laugh well, and in, like, the like stay 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 yeah when she's like that's mm-hmm. so fun <laughs> like i love you or like we are never never getting back together yeah. or yeah. It's it's so fun. And <laughs> this is kind of funny, but I social I mean social media was so different back then to yeah. where like this sounds so silly, but <laughs> I was listening to this album and when I heard this song and I heard the verse that's like very much, you know, talking about Kanye and Kim. Um <laughs> I thought I was like I like caught it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's about Kanye and Kim. <laughs> like like I was just like you know, that's something nowadays like I probably would have seen it on the internet before yeah. you know I even listened to the song because that's how fast yes. things, you know, yes, happen. Spread and yeah. But it's when she says, um, so I want to read the lyrics because I think that they're good. So she says, there I was giving, oh, it was so nice being friends again. There I was giving you a second chance, but you stabbed me in the back while shaking my hand. Therein lies the issue. Friends don't try to trick you, get you on the phone and mind oh. twist you. And so I took an axe to amended fence. Also, never know what said. I took an axe to amended fence. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know what Save I. Save that for our uh, Mr. Yeah. Lyrics. <laughs> That's one of those lyrics that I like didn't I didn't have totally like know, words, but, but I yeah. just I don't know what I was singing, but it was not meant defense. So <laughs> But yeah, I feel like I mean that's a pretty straight call out. Which, oh yeah. 
straight up straight up yeah and i love those ones too where she's like i have no shame i'm not even gonna try and hide that this is about you the song closed out the reputation stadium tour on the set list and it was literally the best way to end the concert so just a party um the next song is called what you want and the song is confirmed to be about Taylor's ex-boyfriend, Joe Alwyn. The line, I want to wear his initial on a chain around my neck, is a reference to Taylor owning a necklace with his initials on it, which is so cute. Cute, yeah. Um, I specifically remember this song when I heard it. Because uh-huh. Reputation, the the branding like the grunginess the black and white the coming yeah. out of hiding from you know all the stuff happening i was kind of like worried for her a little bit and like a are you okay like yeah but this song specifically like made me feel so peaceful about where yeah. she was at and you know like where she's like I'm better than I ever was, you know? Nobody's heard from me for months. I'm better than I ever Ever was. was. Like, that, I was like, oh my gosh, you're okay. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I feel like this is the moment that I realized, oh, like, she's in love. Yeah. And it's, like, different. It's a different love from every other relationship that Mm -hmm. we've seen her in. Because I feel like most of her other relationships were, like, big names who enjoyed being big names. They they liked the attention, but all of a sudden mm-hmm. she's with somebody that like didn't care to be in the spotlight and honestly like kind of tried to avoid it, but it was like such a perfect time for her. And when you mm-hmm. listen to these lyrics, that was like exactly what she needed. And you can tell that it was different from anything she'd ever experienced. For sure. So a quote from Taylor about this song specifically is she says, the way I feel the album is as far as a storyline, I feel like it starts with just getting out any kind of rebellion or anger or angst or whatever. And then like falling in love and realizing that you kind of settle into what your priorities are and your life changes, but you welcome it because it's something that matters to you. And this part, this last part of the album feels like settling into where I am now. So it started with where I was when I started making the album and it ends with kind of my emotional state now. And this song, I think, really reflects that probably the best on the album. And it's called Call It What You Want. I love that. So cute. All right. We made it to the end. The last song. <laughs> Track 15. <laughs> New Year's Day. Taylor actually explained the story behind this song to her fans at an iHeartRadio Reputation release party. And she said, we threw a big New Year's Eve party in London this year. And I was thinking about how everybody talks and thinks about who you kiss at midnight. Like it's this big romantic idea of like, who are you going to kiss at midnight? Like ring in the new year. She said, I think that is very romantic, but I think there's something even more romantic about who's going to deal with you on New Year's Day. Who's going to give you Advil and clean up the house? And I think that states more of a permanence. So I was thinking about that. And I wrote this song called New Year's Day. And ever since Ugh. I like heard that, it also really just made me love this song even more. I love this, this song. This one's so good. So much. And it just, it also feels like an old Taylor song, like a past yep. Taylor song. 
Yeah. And people actually have been known to say that the song feels like the old, you know, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because <laughs> she's dead. It's like she, they're saying the old Taylor is actually picking back up the phone and like coming back, which I could totally see. And oh, yeah. I love well, so that much. Well, it almost kind of gives you vibes into what's coming next. For sure. Which is Lover. Mm-hmm. Which I also think is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I got all these songs out there. This was how I was feeling. I had to write this. Okay, now let's go back into our regular schedule. Now I'm like program. super in yeah. I'm super in love. So like yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um this song, I guess a few things. So this was also a favorite on tour because I was in the hotel room getting ready for the concert for the reputation tour. Uh-huh. And my sister-in-law asked me, what is a song you would love to hear played that like, isn't part of the album, you know, like an old song. Uh-huh. And I said, I was like thinking about it. And I was like, honestly, probably long live. There's no way she's going to play it. Yeah. But I love that song. I, it, Long Live was not as popular back then as it is now. It, I'm just saying. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's gained a lot of popularity after yes. the Eras tour. But um, back then, I don't feel like it was as popular, but I loved that song so much. It was so nostalgic for me. And I was like, I would yeah. love to hear this, but like, she doesn't play songs like that. Like, she, you know, she, because yeah. the other songs she played, she played Style, she played Love Story, she played Should Have Said No, like really yeah. classic popular songs and so i was like there's no way she'll play that and then she played it mashed up with new year's day on the piano and it was the most one of the most magical things i've ever experienced i was like in shock i was like what it's like she's playing and she's mashing it up with new year's day like i could not better than just by itself (laughs) yes oh my gosh okay well I guess we can talk about our favorite songs on the album, but I feel like Carly, you already said that yours yeah. is "This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things." Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. I love that song. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't know how to pick. It's like, what mood am I? What mood am That's I in? That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. I mean, I feel like that on every yeah. album, but especially this one. Maybe it's just such if, a range. I know. If I were to say, like the one that I would probably go to the most often. Oh, gall. Probably. There's a lot of good ones. I don't know. Getaway car. I was going to say, really, that's like one that's also up there for me. I mean, I'm just, I'm a classic Taylor girl. So yeah. I like the second half of the album and delicate. Yeah. No, <laughs> the same. most, but same. like, I also am obsessed but- with, I did something bad. Yeah. Don't blame me. Like, like I don't when know. I'm in but, the mood for that, it's like, oh, bring it on. Yeah. Bring it on. But so. Getaway Car and This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things are such fun songs, like to just go hard yeah. to in the car. So, yeah. and I also think, I think we've talked about this before on like other episodes, but there is something to me about the nostalgia of how I was feeling initially when mm-hmm. I was listening and when it came out. And the first time I listened to this album, I just remember loving This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Yes. And so I also think that that's why 
it like has the become my favorite love for it. Yeah, yeah, because it was like that was my initial favorite one. I'm always I just now have a special place in my heart for it. Yes. Where other songs on the album have really like grown on me and like I could see them actually being my favorite. But yeah. I just can't let it go. I just love that one. So I love that. Yeah. That's so good. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us today. We hope you guys learned a little something or a few some things, I guess. I did. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> uh, misheard lyrics again, apparently. Yeah, we'll for have to do another one of those episodes again. Yeah. Um, so if you enjoyed this episode, let us know in the comment section, especially on Spotify. We love reading those when you guys answer the questions and we'll share those on our Instagram stories as well. Yes. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, you should. It's at typical Tuesday night dot podcast. And that's where you'll get all the extra stuff we share, like interviews we've talked about, your thoughts on Taylor, um, topics that are popular for the time of whatever Taylor's doing. Uh, but this time we also recently asked you guys to share your thoughts, your initial thoughts on reputation, favorite songs, just overall thoughts. So we're going to start sharing those on our stories as well so that we can all discuss and chat about it. Yes. So we will see you next week for a fun little Valentine's Day episode where we're going to have our first guest and we're so excited. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And until then, remember... You're so gorgeous. <laughs> Bye guys. See see you next week. <laughs>